Hello friends, welcome back to my solo road. My name is Sydney, I live in a van, and this is my podcast. This week I am sitting outside of the east entrance to Yosemite, which is kind of fun because I have been to Yosemite maybe two or three times, but every time I've ever gone, the east entrance was closed, so I had to go in and leave through the west entrance. And uh, yeah, the east entrance is actually closed like six months out of the year, I found out today, so it's always been closed whenever I would go. But it's very different so far. I didn't expect it to be as different as I feel like it kind of looks. They didn't even check my like season pass. Usually you have to either pay a fee when you enter or show your season pass. And if you're traveling often, it's just a way better deal to go ahead and get the season pass. But there was like not even a little station to check the pass. I just kind of drove right in, which was very interesting because at Yosemite, you would kind of think that it would be slightly different. At least I thought that. But that is where I am sitting right now. Pearl is curled up in a cute little ball by my feet, keeping my feet warm. And Ella is up in the front, just kind of hanging out in the van. Oh, oh my goodness. So for this episode, I will not be recording on video, but starting next week's episode, every episode from then on will be recorded on video and up to YouTube in segments. So I will probably end up cutting the intro and any information that I deem unimportant. But if you prefer video or if you prefer watching on YouTube or something like that, whatever, that will be an option moving forward. So it will be like, like I said, kind of segmented or portioned because I would like to keep the videos around 10 to 20 minutes and I don't want it to be like an hour long video, which the podcast kind of gets there sometimes. So I'm very excited for that. I've been wanting to do YouTube for way too long and I've just kind of let myself chicken out for a really long time. I think I talked a little bit about it on my episode with Katie, but people are a lot meaner on YouTube than they typically are on Instagram. And so I've kind of just found my comfort zone on Instagram and I've kind of let myself take my sweet time in getting over to YouTube, but it's just time and I'm ready and I have the right equipment for it now. So I'm super excited to kind of get going with something new. And I think that's pretty much it. I've actually cheated today and I'm already drinking wine because I am at my campsite for the day. I was going to go into the park today. I was going to go into Yosemite, but I decided because I came across this really cool campsite that I would just hang out here for the night and I would wake up first thing in the morning and kind of just have the whole day in the park instead of a half a day. And it's kind of nice being somewhere where the dogs can just run around off leash because when once we get into the national park, they can't really do much. There's a few different trails. They can go to Mirror Lake, which is really nice. And then there's a couple different, couple other trails that they can go on. But it was kind of nice to have an entire day today where they could run around and be free and get out some energy. So that is where we are at. And go grab your drink. Like I said, I already have mine, but I will see you here in just a second. Today's topic, I should probably share that as well, is going to be five things that I would change about my van build, along with five things that I love and would never ever change about my van build. So we will dive into that in just a moment. Go grab your drink and I will see you back here. Alrighty, alrighty, let's get started. So, first thing that I would want to change about my van. 
A lot of people have the dinette conversion. It's very enticing because I have the dinette conversion. Essentially what that means is that I have benches on either side of the van and a table in the middle so I can sit at either bench and work at the table and then at night I can convert that into a almost king-size bed. The thing is, if I was to do another van, and I've actually done this conversion setup in both of my vans, but moving forward, I would never, ever do it again. I do not ever use the benches and table. I do know some people who have that conversion and they do use it. And if you are working all day, every day in your van, maybe you would have a higher chance of using it. I tend to be a person who kind of needs to step out of my living area in order to be productive and get stuff done. So I do end up at the public library or cafes or something else pretty often when I want to work. But if you're going to be working in the van, you might have a higher chance of doing it. But to be honest, I do work in my van sometimes. And even when I do, I tend to just sit up straight on my bed. So I have a few friends who have fixed beds and sometimes, which is by the way, what I'm recommending, essentially what I, what I would do moving forward is just to have a fixed bed doesn't convert with like the benches and table because essentially what I've done is just lose the storage in between the benches. So I do put like firewood down there sometimes, but you know, it just doesn't look nice because you can kind of just see it or whatever. So if I was to do it again, I would have a fixed bed. What I was going to say a minute ago was I have a few friends who have fixed beds and they set them very high because they thought, you know, the opposite of what I was thinking. And they were like, I'm going to put as much storage as possible in here. So I'm going to raise my bed as high as possible. But the thing is, they can't sit up in their beds and every single one of them wants to lower their bed now because you really do want to be able to sit up. If you want to have people over and, you know, you just want to have a conversation and be sitting on your bed with your friends like you want to be able to comfortably sit up instead of having to like lay down with them or if you want like I said I was talking about if you want to work in your van to be comfortable and working you probably want to be sitting up so if you're going to do a fixed bed which I think you should I would definitely recommend still keeping it low at least low enough so that you could set up comfortably. That's probably the biggest thing in my van personally that I would change. I have a good friend named Kristen. She lives in her van as well, and she feels the exact same way. She did the dinette conversion, and she is starting to kind of plan a way to rebuild the platform and potentially do a fixed bed. Number two would be my induction stove. And if you are in any way a follower of my blog, then this might be confusing because I haven't updated my blog post on my induction stove, which I will do this week, but I kind of rant and rave about it. And I've always loved the induction stove because I didn't know any other option and it doesn't pull enough or it doesn't pull so much power that I completely run out of power. Like it's never killed my batteries or anything, but it obviously is is pulling power and it's not 12 volt. So it's pulling more power than my lights or my fan or even my fridge. So it, it does take up more energy than anything else. However, it was never that big of a deal until I got into my car accident a few months back or whenever that was. And I didn't want to continue having to like Postmates food to my hotel every single day because it was just too expensive. And so I went out and got this little $25 butane stove 
at Walmart, and I liked the idea of still not having propane, but instead this was butane, and when my van got fixed, I ended up just bringing that stove into the van, and honestly, it is all I use. I do not use my induction stove as often anymore, like not even half as often. If I want, if I have to cook two things at one time, sometimes I do, but when you have the option to not use any power at all, it just doesn't really seem to make much sense to use any power when you are limited. And so, yeah, I end up using the butane stove all the time, especially early in the morning or late at night when my power is slightly lower than usual. It just doesn't make sense to do something that's going to take more power. So yeah, I would probably go back and change that. Although I do love the way that the induction stove looks. I think it looks very nice, very sleek and like modern. So yeah, I, I do like the look of it, but it just doesn't really make much sense. Number three would be bigger batteries. I went with two 95 amp hour batteries, which do the job and it's perfectly fine. However, I do get lower than I would probably like to get sometimes. You know, if I did two 135 amp hour batteries, which I would recommend, I would never have to worry at all, or even some people do four 95 amp hour. And yeah, just doing the 295 is perfectly sufficient for most van builds. Like I said, my batteries don't die, but I'd be more comfortable if I had two 135s, or even just an additional 95 amp hour. I know for some people this is like not interesting at all, and I promise I'm like doing my best, <laughs> but it is like necessary information for anybody looking to do a van build. Although I think that about the batteries, the solar power, I have 400 watts of solar. I would not do any more. I would not do any less. I bought the 400 watt kit that Renogy sells on Amazon. So I highly recommend that. I love Renogy. I've had those solar panels in both builds. This is one of the things I love, so I was going to talk about this later, but whatever. I love my solar panels. I highly recommend those, but the batteries, I'd probably get bigger. Number four would be my wine storage. You know I love wine. However, <laughs> probably don't need specific storage for it. That was a mistake. When I was doing the build... So if you don't know where my wine storage is, it's basically where my fridge is and then directly to the left of that. So the housing where my fridge is, a lot of the wires for my electrical needed to go to the left of that because that's where my little like panel is to flip on the lights and stuff. So there are going to be a lot of wires there regardless. We needed to figure out what I wanted to do with that space because I couldn't just not have anything because of those wires. And so I decided to turn it into wine storage. And so I have these angled wine slots for wine bottles, which in theory is very cute. <laughs> but my builders measured those squares according to one wine bottle, and it must have been the thinnest wine bottle that has ever been on this planet, because I cannot find a wine bottle that fits in those wine slots. So because nothing fits in them, and honestly, even if they were big enough to fit wine bottles, like, it's a small van. Like, I probably don't need storage when I need storage for other things. Like, I don't need it for wine. You know, that can kind of go anywhere. It can go in any of my drawers, my cabinets, or whatever. I just didn't need angled wine slots. Like, it was just kind of stupid. So now I just put cords and, like, batteries and random stuff in there. So just... If you take anything away from that one, really think about what you should be doing with the space that you have. If you have to have something somewhere because of another reason, just actually put like time and energy and effort into thinking what would be the smartest option for that storage. Like you have a limited space, so you really need to capitalize on every ounce of that space. And I did not do that 
with my wine storage. So lastly, I'm like blazing through this. I'm very happy about that. So the things I would change would be my cushion covers. Because I'm recommending the fixed bed, you may not need them. Or if you already wanted the fixed bed, you might not need them because you just get a memory foam mattress, which is the most common type of mattress because you can kind of cut it to form the size of your bed. And then you can just put a sheet on that and you'll be good to go. But if you do want to do the dinette conversion with the benches and the table, you will need cushion covers. Because I cheaped out kind of like cushion covers are one of those things at the very end of your van build where you're like, I'm at the max capacity of my budget. There's no possible way that I could like pay $500, $600 for cushion covers. It just didn't make sense for me at the time. Couldn't afford it. But I ordered them on Etsy. There was only like one seamstress in my little, like my area of Indianapolis. And she was booked for like months in advance and I needed them. This was like the very end of the build. And so I ordered some on Etsy through this woman. And I feel like, because I did the same woman in the same Etsy shop for my first van. And I feel like they were a lot nicer for the first van. So I don't really know what happened. But with these ones, the material is very thin. The threading is coming out. There are like zippers down the entire length of the cushion cover. But for some reason, whenever I go to like take the cushions out of the cushion, covers to uh, wash the covers. Uh, It is like the most painful process of my entire life in this van. I am like sweating, cussing, screaming. Like it is an absolute process because they won't fit back in. So taking them off is not that big of a deal, but putting them back on is my actual nightmare, which leads to me just not washing them probably as often as I should. I do wash my sheets, so don't worry. But yeah, the cushion covers, a huge pain in my ass. I don't like it. And it's really just because it's cheap material. And so it's just, it's not flexible at all. Like I said, you know, the threading is coming out. It's very thin. It stains so easily. And if you have dogs in your van, you don't want anything that's going to stain easily. And so now I'm going to have to splurge on the really nice ones after spending at least, you know, two to $300 on these cheap ones. And so it kind of, it would have been long-term financially a lot smarter to have just gone for the more expensive ones. Whether you can really fit it into your budget or not, it's a waste of money to get cheap, ugly, thin ones. (laughs) That's recommendation number five. So going over those, dinette conversion, do a fixed bed, induction stove, get butane, bigger batteries, get bigger batteries, wine storage, think about your storage. I mean, it's slightly hypocritical because when I think about storage, I also tell people a lot not to overthink it because people get so caught up in their storage stuff and like their space that they never start the build or they just overthink the cabinetry so much that like nothing ever gets done. So don't think it that critically. Like I'm not devastated with my, with the whole wine slots, but do really think about the importance of certain things. Like, do you need an entire space for, for wine bottles? Like probably not and various things like that. So like something that I think was really smart on my end was my, uh, books, my little bookcases on the back of my benches because I didn't have anywhere to put my books. And I, I wanted the aesthetic of being able to see 
my books. Like, I wanted them to be visible. I didn't want to have to put them in a bench so no one could ever see them, which also, if you really think about it, I'd probably just read less if, like, they weren't accessible. So I wanted somewhere where they were accessible and visible for photos and things like that because I just am a sucker for paperback books. Love a good book, hate an ebook. So yeah, that's like an example of good use of space and storage. Wine, not so much. And then number five, cushion covers. Along with the cushion covers, I could also go with the back window covers. I like made mine myself because that was another thing where I was like out of budget and I just didn't want to buy three or four hundred dollar back window covers and like believe it or not, that's how much they cost. They are unrealistically expensive for what they are, but I know it's because there's a lot of effort and insulation and everything that goes into them. But I ended up like making mine out of really cheap fabric and a couple pieces of Reflectix. And I ended up like <laughs> duct taping them around the window. And then I left those in Tahoe at Lee's house a while ago. So I've just been hanging this blanket up so no one can see in at night. And like, I just had to kind of splurge on new window covers because it's one of those things I didn't want to spend money on, but long run, you should just do it. You kind of, it's one of those things you just kind of have to have. And yeah, those are the things that I would change. So moving along, five things that I love about my van would never, could never change if I do another one. Or actually there's a couple ideas in the works right now that I will announce right now, but stay tuned. They are coming. But in the future, if I were to theoretically build something else, I would never change my mini fridge situation. A 12 volt fridge is so expensive. I mean like 800 to $1,200, which is absurd. Think about a fridge, a small one. Those 12 volt fridges are small and a lot of them are set up like coolers. And so you have to like dig in throughout the entire cooler to find something that's at the bottom. And I was never willing on either van to spend that amount of money on a mini fridge. So I did a little research and this was when the first van came because by the time I got to this van, I already knew that this would work. But I was like, why are people not using a regular like dorm mini fridge from Magic Chef that's like a hundred bucks at Target or whatever? And it, it looked like there was a couple people who had done it and it was working. And so I bought one and I, you know, went to my builders and I was like, let's just see if this works. Like plug it in, keep it in for a couple days and let's see what happens. And it worked perfectly fine since that day. I do know some people who have had issues with this. I don't know why. I'm sure it's like not their fault, but I don't know if, because they, you know, they're messaging me and they'll, this is like maybe two or three people, by the way. It's not like dozens, but they've messaged me and said, you know, I have the exact same setup as you, uh, yeah, but it's pulling so much power or my batteries are dying. And I, I don't exactly know what they're doing wrong or like what's going on. I've never had an issue with my fridge. And when I turn the inverter off, because my fridge is 110 volt, when I turn my inverter off, it turns my fridge off. And when I do that, my batteries don't go up or down at all. And then when I turn it back on, which is turning my fridge back on, it doesn't go up or down at all. Like it's hardly pulling any power. So I do think that's a fantastic option. It is much bigger than most van fridges. I have a separate freezer and fridge so I can actually have ice cream and 
ice cubes and stuff like that, which a lot of people in vans cannot have. And it's just drastically less expensive. You do need to vent it. Like there's a vent in the back of the housing that I have for it just to kind of let it breathe. And it does need to be able to do that. But other than that, I have never had an issue with it. So I definitely recommend doing a mini fridge and save yourself like a thousand dollars. Secondly, things I love. It would be my transit instead of my sprinter. I know this is not build related, but I feel so passionately about this <laughs> that I need to reiterate it at any time that I can. I had a sprinter. If you don't know already, I had a sprinter before the transit. I hated my sprinter. There are lots of people who love them, swear by them, would die for their sprinter. Like people are so passionate about their sprinters. Mine fell apart at the seams, literally could not keep it together. And when that was happening, multiple people with sprinters or people even at Mercedes dealerships or mechanics, like anyone that I was in contact with around that time was like, oh yeah, that happens all the time. So it's not just my van, it does happen. And even if you buy a brand new 2020 Sprinter, you still have to take it in like once every 10,000 miles, I believe. And it's roughly $1,000 in maintenance that they're going to do. With my transit, the only thing I've ever done is get my oil changed, to, like update my brake, not the whole system, but like the brake pads or whatever needed to be done, which was a couple hundred dollars. And I recently got all new tires, which was probably the most expensive thing I've done. But other than that, I have never needed to do any general maintenance. Like I get it. I do get it checked at mechanics every time I go home just to make sure everything is good and like nothing has ever needed to be done. That's the good thing about having a Ford. If something were needed to be, like something needed to be done, the parts are cheap. Any mechanic can work on it. Anybody with a sprinter, anybody, like anyone that I was talking about, like they're really passionate, crazy, like super pro sprinter people, they will all say that you can go to a sprinter certified mechanic and that you don't have to go to a dealership. My problem with that is if you are doing any amount of traveling, you will likely not be around a Sprinter certified mechanic. If you live in San Diego, you'll probably be around one. If you're in LA, probably going to be around one. I don't know, New York, like anywhere bigger cities, probably smaller cities than like the two that I, are the ones I gave examples, but they are not everywhere. My Sprinter broke down like the biggest time was in Los Alamos, New Mexico, and no one in New Mexico was a Sprinter certified mechanic, at least at the time. And so I went to a couple mechanics, they couldn't do it, and I had no choice but to tow it to Santa Fe, to the Mercedes dealership, and they couldn't work on it for months. They were booked for months. So then I had to tow it from Santa Fe to Albuquerque, and Albuquerque could work on it, but it was like $10,000. It was absurd, and you can't finance it. It, like you have to give that money to them right away. And honestly, this is a very like personal experience. I'm not in any way saying that this is how it is with Mercedes, but I felt very belittled in that place. I felt like a young, small girl who didn't know what she was doing and couldn't take control of the situation the way that I wanted to. And when it comes to business, I'm pretty assertive and I'm very comfortable speaking my mind in like a professional way. I'm never rude, totally understand like service industries, worked in them my entire life. So like I would never consider being rude or combative in any way, but 
I felt really disrespected the entire time that my van was getting worked on, and it's just not something that I care to have to do again. And I personally haven't been treated that way with my transit because I'm going into any mechanic. I haven't had to go into the dealership since, like, I got the van at a dealership, but that was pretty much it. And yeah, I just was not a fan of the way that, I don't want to say the way they treated me, it was the way that I felt from the way, whatever way they're treating me. Does that make sense? Because they weren't treating me poorly, but I I felt like a a little girl who lived in a van, (laughs) like instead of a paying customer who was about to give you my entire life savings. So yeah, just not an experience that I care to have again. By far, I love the transit, do not like this printer. Like I've said 100 times now, because I'm trying so hard not to offend my friends. If you like your Sprinter, you like your Sprinter. Go for it. Do the thing. But I would recommend the transit. It is also much taller than the Sprinter, the high roof versus the high roof. My transit was 6'8 before the build, and it's 6'5 after the build. So for someone like myself, I'm 5'10. Having so much headspace was like really beneficial for me. It really opens up the space. It makes you feel like you're not in a van because you just have like, you have plenty of headroom and it just kind of opens the whole feeling of the van. So I also really liked that. Third thing that I would not change is my pocket door. I think that this is by far my most like favorite, proud, I don't know, my very excited thing of my, like, of my van. Did that make any sense? Language. Not a good skill of mine. But I love having the pocket door. I came up with the idea. I don't take credit for much in life (laughs) for coming up with much, but I came up with the pocket door. If you see a van with a pocket door, they saw my van. I swear to God. Or my friend Kristen, who got the pocket door from the same builders after I got mine. I love it. I swear by it. It is... I think it's just, like, an awesome addition to the van, If especially if you, whether you're a man, woman, whatever, if you are questioning your safety and if that is a concern of yours, the pocket door is, like, the perfect answer, in my opinion. I really like the fact that it breaks up the space. So when I'm in driving mode, I am only in driving mode. I'm in a car, I'm in a vehicle, I am on the road. I, you know, can pretend like I'm in a Camry or like a small Civic, you know, like a small car that's not a huge van. And with the Ford, it really does feel that way. Actually, going back to the whole transit and sprinter thing, when you drive a transit, you feel like you're driving a car. When you drive a sprinter, you feel like you're driving a bus, like you're sitting up higher. It's a very different feeling in terms of just driving. But back to the pocket door. When I'm driving, I like feeling like that's kind of the mindset that I'm in. And then when I'm in my living space, I can close that pocket door, completely close off my driving space. And so I just feel like I'm in my home. I'm in my living room. I'm in my bedroom. I'm in my kitchen. It's just a totally different mindset. And I feel like if I could always see the steering wheel, even when I'm like cooking or laying down in bed, I just feel like I don't know. It's It really is all about mentality. I just feel like I'd always feel like I was in my van because when I like block the back windows, when I close that pocket door at night, I do not feel like I'm in a van at all. I really do feel like I'm in my home and that's a huge thing for me uh, and it really helps me, I don't know, not feel like I'm getting, like I, I just don't feel tired of van life and I attribute that to like a small portion of that. And like back to the whole safety thing, it makes me feel like I at least, people always argue this, so whatever, but I feel like I have at least 30 to 60 seconds before someone could possibly break through the pocket door, which would allow me to make a phone call, 
get out of the van. Um, I don't know, tell them I have a weapon. Like, it gives you a few seconds instead of, you know, someone breaking in the front throwing open your curtain and then suddenly being on top of you or, you know, suddenly just they're in your space, right? And it doesn't give you any time to take action. And having that pocket door, obviously someone can still try to break in the back, try to break in through the sliding door. But I do have kind of a theory that if someone is breaking into your van, they are likely just trying to steal stuff. The amount of thieves compared to the amount of murderers who are just coming to get you, there's a lot more thieves. And so I think most of the time, obviously there's trafficking, there are there's murders, like there's things to worry about, especially as a woman. But I think most people breaking into a van that looks like a service van or a work van is probably hoping that there's something in that van that they can steal that's of value. And for that, they are likely to break in through the front doors. The front doors are the, they're the most commonly broken in doors. Not a lot of people are breaking in through the, the sliding door or the back doors. It's just more common for them to break in through the front. So the fact that if someone breaks in just to steal stuff and through the front, I have bought myself a good 30 to 60 seconds because of that pocket door. So I love that. I would not change it. My pocket door is slightly small, I guess. Like my body fits in perfectly fine. But like when Lee is in the van, he doesn't fit as well because he is, he's a very large man. He's 6'5", very wide shoulders. And so I don't know if that would be comfortable for just anyone, but it at least allows me to, um, you know, the front is always accessible. If I do need to shoot up front and turn the keys and go, I can do that very easily. And that's why I don't like having an entire partition there where you'd have to get out through the sliding door and then in through the front. And so it's very easily accessible, but I can lock it so people can't get in and out. And it's painted on the driving side, like a really dark, dark gray. So at night, if someone were to break in, I personally think they would probably think that it was a complete partition there and my dogs would bark, they'd go crazy. And so that would get me plenty of time to like, I don't know, come up with a plan. Hopefully it definitely just lets me sleep better at night. So all in all, big fan. Next is the solar panels. I pretty much already went over that earlier. If you don't have solar panels, I don't know. I you just have, like, it is such a necessity. If I had to tell anyone what is the number one necessity to live in a van, like, hands down, the most important thing, I'd probably say solar panels because it really does make your life infinitely more easy. You do not ever have to worry about going into somewhere and plugging in these big batteries. You never have to worry about charging your phone. You just don't, I mean, like, my lights just turn on. My sink just works. I can always charge my laptop or my phone. And this really does go back to the mentality of not living in a van. If I had to constantly charge things or go find a place to charge my phone or, you know, worry about turning my lights on and only having like those little click lights that you just kind of click this thing and it turns on or whatever, they're very dim and they're not very bright. Like it's okay to feel like you live in a van and I don't want to ever make anyone feel badly about that. Like it's okay to live in your Subaru. It's okay to live in any kind of vehicle whatsoever and feel that way. But I just think that if I, for the last two years, constantly felt like I was living in a car, it would make me think that I was tired of living in my van. And I think sometimes that's why people 
you know, after a few months or after a year or so, they're just like, I'm tired of this because they feel like they live in a car. And when you do these things, like a pocket door to solidify your safety or just the feeling of your safety, I should say, and the solar panels to solidify the fact that you don't have to worry about your um, electric or your power or anything. You don't feel as much as you're living in a van the way you would if you didn't have those things. When you take you know, as many pain in the ass type of things away, you know, your life becomes a little easier on the road and not such a hassle because it can feel that way sometimes when you're constantly looking for places to park and places to walk your dogs. And I don't know, what 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 have you? Like, you know, there's different things every day and there this life is kind of a pain sometimes, but when you can reduce those things, it really does help with your mentality and your mindset feeling like you live in a house and not necessarily in a van. So last but not least, uh, this might be slightly random, potentially, maybe not. I have a slide out table in between my benches where you open the back doors of my van and you can pull this table out of, so it comes out of the back and it's six feet long. And that is like, I have these slides on either side. So it holds supposedly 500 pounds. I would not believe that. I trust it with my weight, but I wouldn't really put much else on it, but I can sit there and I can read on the table. I can do yoga kind of like I try and do handstands sometimes, but that gets kind of scary because it's like way off the ground. But the, the number one thing I love about that table is when you're camping with friends and there's not really an option for everyone sitting at the same table, like you kind of always huddle around a campfire. Everyone brings a chair around the campfire, but it's really nice to be like that person when you're in a van circle who can be like, you know what guys, I have a table where we can all fit. And so we can all put our chairs around the table and we can all fit and sit down and have a meal at an actual table instead of like holding our food and our bowls and everything else. Yeah, it's just kind of nice. It's a nice addition that I haven't seen often. And I'm a big fan of like adding things in the van that I haven't necessarily seen a lot. And so that was definitely one of them. And it's useful. I don't use it every single day, but I definitely think it's useful. And there was nothing else to do with that space. And so it was a good use of the storage space. And yeah, definitely recommend that as well. So I think that is everything. Because I went over the things that I would change, I'll go over the things I love just very, very briefly. My mini fridge, you will save money and you'll have twice as much space and a separate freezer and fridge. Uh, Number two, the transit instead of the sprinter. Very personal choice opinion, but I I do stand behind that quite a bit. Uh, Number three, the pocket door. I love it. I think that it's a great division of space and it helps me feel good about my safety at night. Solar panels, just vital, absolutely necessary. And lastly, my slide out table, just kind of a fun addition that is definitely not necessary, but it is, it's just fun to have. And yeah, I think that is everything. That is five things that I would change and five things that I love. That's pretty much it. I'm super excited to go into Yosemite. That's really all I'm thinking about right now. I get to kind of plan my day tomorrow. 
at the park and have fun with the dogs in a national park. I think it's going to be Pearl's first national park. I mean, she could have been living in a van going to national parks before I got her. We don't know, but I don't think that she was. So it will be fun to see her and get some pictures of her in Yosemite. Ella has been there before. We actually, the last time we went, we were with Henry and Finn. So it will be fun to kind of revisit. But yeah, thank you very much for listening as always. And if there's anything specifically that you want me to talk about on the podcast, I'm always open to suggestions. I do kind of keep a list in my notes on my phone. So I have a few things planned, but I'm always open to recommendations. It helps me quite a bit actually. And usually they are better than what I have planned. So feel free to do that. And if you do like watching YouTube better than listening to the podcast, or you just want to see what it looks like while I'm recording the podcast, then that will be your opportunity next week and all weeks moving forward. I will be recording them on video as well as uploading the podcast as usual. I am really excited for that and seeing how it goes. I love you guys. Thank you very much for being here with me and letting me talk for 40 minutes. Love that. I hope you all have a wonderful week and goodbye. Goodbye.